All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for making this show possible. Please write down our toll-free number. We'll have plenty of time for calls today. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Let's start with the judge in the case of police officer Chauvin, George Floyd case, the presiding judge in this case, literally saying Maxine Waters may have opened the door for a mistrial, sabotaged the entire trial. This is what he said. Well, I'll give you that Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. Yeah, you can supplement the record with whatever media reports. I'm aware of the media reports. I'm aware that Congresswoman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of uh, anything less than a murder conviction and talk about being confrontational. But you can submit the press articles about that. This goes back to what I've been saying from the beginning. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function. I think if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution to respect the co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent, but I don't think it has prejudiced us with additional uh, material that would prejudice this jury. They have been told not to watch the news. I trust they are following those instructions and that there is not in any way uh, a prejudice to the defendant beyond the articles that we're talking specifically about the facts of this case. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. Now, people like Professor Alan Dershowitz are saying that the judge in this case should have called for a mistrial here. Right up front. Now, you know, these high profile cases, in my view, I I don't understand why there wasn't a change in venue, which I I think is is fair for all sides. It it does lower tensions in in especially when it's right in the backyard where something happened and people have come to predetermined conclusions. Uh, There's no due process, no presumption of innocence. I've not been shy about expressing my views as a student of martial arts about the vulnerability of the neck. And in this case, I'm not talking about that at all here. Um, Change of venue, sequestering the jury. I think that also should have happened early on. But Judge Peter Cahill's observation on her comments is it could be grounds for appeal by the defense. Um, I think that's the least of it. And here's where it gets even more interesting. Well, first, let me play Maxine Waters' comments because Nancy Pelosi... Nancy Pelosi is not the Speaker of the House. Well, she is a name only. Nancy Pelosi, with the razor-thin majority that the Democrats have that is shrinking, is beholden to the most radical elements of the party. The real Speaker is Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad and Maxine Waters, the most radical voices. That's why they have the most radical agenda, because... When Nancy Pelosi ever dares, tries to deviate from it, she will be out of her job as speaker. They already don't want her there to begin with. They barely tolerate her. Anyway, here is what Maxine Waters had initially said. 
Not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not get, get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens... What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street. Uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they th- they know that we need business. You know, by the way, where are the insurrectionists, you know, the insurrectionist calling crowd? It became the battle cry, became the favorite word of the mob, the media. Where Where is the mob and the media now? I mean, if, if anyone in the jury heard this, what do you think they're thinking at this time? If Now, look, I, I'm not saying that I have any knowledge whatsoever. I do know human nature, though, that anybody you know, was on the jury was not following the judge's instructions. They were not being sequestered. But whether or not they got online or watched television or followed the news as this case is, is going on, I think the temptation, frankly, is too great not to follow what's going on, especially you're in the middle of it as a juror. Remember all the Democrats that said insurrection, 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 insurrection. What's the difference here? What is she saying? You know, just like we all summer long, we see rioting. You know, then we have the no bail laws. Then we have Kamala Harris you know, tweeting out support for a bail fund to get people involved in the rioting back out on the street faster. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. Beware. Take note on both levels. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. We're not going to stop. We shouldn't stop. Remember all that? And then all of a sudden the insurrection happens. And then everybody's go, go after Donald Trump. Well, when you compare what she's saying here, and listen closely to all the things she has said. Well, why is where are the same insurrectionist Democrats? Here's the best of Maxine Waters. You can't be intimidated. You can't be frightened. As far as I'm concerned, the Tea Party can go straight to hell. I, I am hoping that we're able to reveal all of this. And my greatest desire is to lead him right into impeachment. You see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore. I am sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, Thinking about Ali, even though I never met him, and with this kind of inspiration, I will go and take Trump out tonight. For these members of his cabinet who remain and try to defend him, they're not going to be able to restaurant. They're not going to be able to stop at a gas station. They're not going to be able to shop at a department store. The people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. Of course, the line president said that I had threatened all of his constituents. I did not (laughs) threaten his constituents, his supporters. Uh, I do that all the time, but I didn't do it that time. (laughs) I'm gonna let you stand by someone who's done nothing but steal and lie and under 
undermine. We're gonna get your tax returns. Well, whatever. He shouldn't be going after anybody. He's the president of the United States of America. He's setting some of us up to be killed. A lot of people who have not worn those masks uh, because their, their, their president didn't wear them and told them that it didn't make any difference are probably dead now. And All right, that's enough for now. For you get the point. What did Donald Trump say on January 6th, the insurrection day, that, that I've never heard Maxine Waters say. Many of you will now peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol uh, where your voices can be heard. Listen. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Make your voices heard. Nancy Pelosi asked yesterday whether... Maxine Waters needs to apologize. No, she doesn't. Maxine talked about confrontation in, a, in the manner of the civil rights movement. Okay, that's Nancy Pelosi. She can't anger the radicals in her party. Maxine Waters now is fired back at the, the judge in this particular case, Peter Cahill, and his observations about her comments. The judge says, my words don't matter. That's not what the judge said at all. Judge said that it might, she might have opened the door for a mistrial and sabotaged the entire trial. You know, I'll give you the Congresswoman Waters that may have given you something talking to the defense team on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. And people like Alan Dershowitz saying, sorry, you need to do it now. You should have called the mistrial. And he said his arguments concluded and as jury deliberations have begun here. And then, yeah, then Joe Biden jumps in. And he pulled the Maxine Waters in the sense that, you know, the judge was saying elected officials need to stop talking about the case. Biden said he's praying for the right verdict in the trial of the Derek Chauvin case. Didn't say what he believed the right verdict is. It's overwhelming in my view. Uh, when he was meeting with Hispanic lawmakers, I wouldn't say that unless the jury was sequestered. Uh, okay, what are the odds that curiosity doesn't get the better of some people on the jury. I just think that's human nature. I don't think they're bad people at all. Anyway, Cahill pointed, I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a matter that is disrespectful to the rule of law. And House Republicans now, they have made an effort, foxnews.com reporting, for censure, a resolution against Maxine Waters. By the way, this is long overdue. And I can't imagine any Democrats will go against Maxine Waters or any squad member. But anyway, uh, on the left side of the screen, we're going to see, you know, you, you see what happened over the summer. They were silent. Now, one of the differences that, with me is when I see a riot, I call it a riot. What happened at the Capitol on January 6th was an assault on our 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 house, our institution. And I said this. All throughout any Democrat's term, we've got to protect every elected official, but be it a Republican or a Democrat, that's not that hard to say. If a riot, if people are taking over city blocks and they're hur hurling rocks and bottles and bricks and Molotov cocktails and sticks and knives and guns at cops and they're burning places to the ground and they're burning police precincts to the ground and they're taking over entire city blocks, yeah, it's okay if you identify it as a riot. But the silence was deafening last summer, and now the silence on Maxine Waters is deafening. 
Maxine Waters, by the way, in case you're interested, Daily Wire reporting, you know, landed in Minnesota on Saturday where she made this now no, these notorious comments. And she requested that a police officer escort her to and from the airport, according to the Daily Wire, before she flew from Dulles near Washington to St. Paul International Airport, according to documents obtained by Town Hall after landing in Minnesota. Waters called on protesters to get much more confrontational. We're looking for a guilty verdict. And, uh, yeah, it looks like she apparently got a police escort. We've got a lot of ground to cover here today. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? We'll analyze the law, the three options available to the jurors now out deliberating in this case. They have three very distinct, separate legal options to their avail. Uh, we'll check in with Leo 2.0. Terrell Horace Cooper will join us. Ami Horowitz has been on the ground in, in Minnesota, Minneapolis, and, and Brooklyn Center the entire time. Wait till you hear the stuff that he got on tape. Unbelievable. What happened to Mr. Uniter? Oh, we got to unite, 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 unite Biden. He's now the latest Democratic public official to interject himself in this, in this trial that's going on. Uh, there is a report that, in fact, uh, he called George Floyd's brother yesterday. I think this is after the, the judge's admonition in this case. That was revealed on NBC News. Um, anyway, and, you know, Biden will speak after he's already spoken. That he, he's praying for the for the outcome he wants. Now, in this case, it's a little bit different. You do have nine minutes and 29 seconds of videotape. Now, the three options that the jury will have is option number one would be second-degree murder or what they usually call felony murder. And that would mean that Chauvin intentionally committed an assault which unintentionally caused Floyd's death. 40-year possible sentence. Third-degree murder, which talks about depraved indifference to human life you know, the idea that the conduct was so inherently dangerous that it can be treated as, you know, the equivalent of murder. You should have known better. And then second degree manslaughter, which that he would have acted with, you know, negligence, which created an unreasonable risk of death. And all of that's going to be taken into account by the jury. And, I, you know, one thing I've learned over the many years of doing this is that you can't predict what... You know, it got very troubling. I had my, as a member of the press that does my own investigative work with my team, of course, we do our own work. And I was told very, very early on in the case of Michael Brown and and officer, what was the officer in that, na- that case's name? Uh, he's since left the job. Anyway, the officer in the case, that the officer's story was corroborated by numerous African-Americans that were eyewitnesses. I was told very early on. And then the whole hands up, don't shoot narrative went out and people's expectations went through the roof. The same thing happened in Baltimore. My my police contacts told me, nah, it's not like you think. And I was told early on, there will be no conviction. And it ended up that way. And just like we were right on the Duke lacrosse case. Why? Because I actually got my ass in the car and I drove out to Garden City, Long Island, and I met some of the family members and some of the kids. And I realized that a whole new narrative with evidence had emerged that nobody in the press knew about yet.
All right, 25 to the top of the hour, and a verdict has now been reached in the Chauvin case, the George Floyd case, and that verdict will be read one hour from right now, well, a little less than one hour from right now, uh, 55 minutes from right now. It's scheduled to be uh, read. The jury will come into the jury room. We will carry it all live, giving our stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network some advance notice for planning, uh, likely blowing breaks going into that uh, end of half hour break. Uh, so just uh, be on standby for that. There are three separate options that the jury has. We were just going over this uh, possible 40 year sentence for second degree murder. That would be the idea that he intentionally, the officer Chauvin, committed an assault which unintentionally caused George Floyd's death. Uh, we have third degree murder. Sentence possible to up to 25 years in jail, depraved indifference, a legal term, to human life based on the idea that some conduct is so so awfully dangerous that they kind of treat it like a murder case. And second-degree manslaughter, which carries a possible sentence of up to 10 years, that he acted with negligence, which created an unreasonable risk of death. Now, usually, and it's hard to read juries, usually, if a jury comes back this quickly, it is not good for the defense. Usually. And I think in a case like this, where there was so much videotape, I'm not surprised at all by the quick verdict here. So when that uh, verdict comes in, we will... You know, we'll obviously be uh, bringing it to you live and then we'll be discussing all aspects of it. I will tell you that this whatever the verdict is, it will be and there will be an appeal. That's for sure. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, there will be questions about the comments of Maxine Waters. The judge opened that door, as we've just been talking about, uh, as it relates to whether or not they have a right to appeal on the basis that the jury could have been prejudiced um why there wasn't a change in venue by the judge i don't know i don't that didn't make sense to me i think that should happen pretty much in every high profile case and why the jury was not sequestered is another thing uh but anyway very very quick deliberations in this case usually does not bode well for the defense in this case i would almost bank on it but we will see. Um, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of discussions here. Uh, like Alan Dershowitz said that the judge should have called a, a mistrial based on Maxine Waters' remarks. They should have called a mistrial. Maxine Waters' comments now could cause a huge headache for Democrats because Nancy Pelosi said she didn't need to apologize. Pretty amazing, isn't it? What a change in heart. You look at three separate incidences, Democratic leaders, Democratic Party, Joe Biden even, then the conduct of Kamala Harris and other Democrats, virtual silence as entire city blocks are taken over, Chaz, Chop, Autonomous, Summer of Love, Spaghetti Potluck dinner zones. Entire police precincts taken over. Difficulty even to send in medical assistance for those that got shot, like Horace Lorenzo uh, Anderson Jr. I had a hard time getting in there at that Chaz Chop zone. Took that place over for weeks and weeks. Mayor says, oh, it's a summer of love zone. 
then the rioting all throughout the country. Democrats, they didn't even mention it at the Democratic National Convention. Then, of course, Kamala Harris moves forward promoting a bail fund for those involved in the rioting that took place. A bail fund. Why would she promote that? Then, of course, then you have the stupidity of defunding the police, resulting in mass increases in the murder rate in so many cities around the country. And uh, now it's now it's abolished the police. That's the latest effort that's going on. And, you know, and, and then you get the media mob. They'll defend it. You know, it's now. So if you look at the three cases, all the rioting over the summer, Democrats are silence. Then the insurrection word that they used after January 6th. I'm saying none of this should happen in the summer. None of it should have happened. None of that should have happened on January 6th. Identify violence, lawless behavior when it occurs. It doesn't matter if it's Republican or Democrat. You can't you can't literally take over our institutions and threaten elected officials. And I don't care what your politics are. And then you look now at Democrats again. They they don't dare go against Maxine Waters. They're afraid of Maxine Waters. They're afraid of the squad. We saw the Reverend Al Sharpton, you know, on his jet heading on out to be there with the Floyd family, he says. Um, CBS, by the way, has been accused of trying to dox the jurors in this case and the reports on the makeup of the 14 jurors in the in the Chauvin trial. At least one of them lives in Brooklyn Center, where Dante Wright was fatally shot by that 25-year veteran, Officer Potter, when she said, I'll tase you, I'll tase you, taser, taser, taser. Oh, Schiff, I shot him. A strong case being made there that that was an accidental discharge. Uh, You have one Black Lives Matter activist quoted as saying, I support looting of the Dollar Tree, a store. I support looting of advanced auto parts. I support all that Schiff. Because black people could loot every store in the effing country for 200 years and it wouldn't come close to what America owes us. You have college students at MIT now, according to another report, are being taught that anti-police chants before marches. I'm like, no liberation without revolution. Minnesota's governor declared a state of emergency as these deliberations now are underway. We'll see what the verdict is and we'll see what the reaction is uh, after. Um, but we're watching all of this in real time and all of it is, should be concerning to every American on terms of how people react. At what point do we not realize that the comments of politicians can deeply affect impact and influence juries like this and how dangerous it is to our entire criminal justice system. You can have an opinion on the case but you can't say what Maxine Waters said. Support what she said. And she, in the process, likely gave Chauvin an argument on appeal. And that's exactly what the judge said. There's a report out today that I saw, which was a little alarming. Apparently, Black Lives Matter protesters in Minnesota dropped to a knee, set off to march over a police shooting, then returned when they learned that it was a white carjacker who had fired at police, according to reports on FoxNews.com. Dozens of people protesting outside of the governor's mansion. They were filmed by a Fox 9 reporter 
as they knelt for a moment of silence over initial rumors about this fatal shooting. Protesters kneeling down after hearing there was an officer involved in the shooting. And Hicks tweeted of the, the while caught on camera carjacking in the suburbs. This information had not been confirmed, but the group said that they were headed there anyway. The man that was killed believed to be a man that was a, a white man in his 20s who had stolen a car from a woman at gunpoint then shot at the cops as they chased him. Traffic camera footage finally showed by another station, 11, showed that the suspect leaping out of a still-moving stolen car then running into the road and seemingly pointing a gun at an approaching SUV was shot multiple times by pursuing officers. And the BLM marchers riled by the police involvement in the deaths of George Floyd, Dante Wright, etc., appeared to get word that the latest shooting was not one that warranted protesting. That story's out there today. 28-year-old felon arrested for a drive-by shooting at the Minnesota National Guard. That took place. A Minneapolis man there facing a federal charge of shooting at a Minnesota National Guard vehicle in North Minneapolis. I mean, every one of these instances... It's getting scary. Our cities are less safe. They're less secure. If you're part of this new radical extreme Democratic Party, you know, what the numbers speak for themselves. You know, 2020 murder was up nearly 40% around the country in 57 large and medium-sized cities. I mean, that's, that is a dramatic increase based on preliminary ins- insights. I think it was the Manhattan Institute that, did a study of all this and put the numbers out based on those estimates, at least 2000 more Americans, many African-American were killed in 2020 than 2019. That's 2000 fellow human beings. Mainstream media politicians claim the pandemic caused the bloodbath. That, that, that chronology doesn't support the assertion. Why is crime so dramatically up in Minnesota and New York and Los Angeles? These are cities that all cut police budgets dramatically. The murder increases in 2020, 95% increase in Milwaukee, 78% increase Louisville, Kentucky, 74% in Seattle, 72% in Minneapolis, 62% in New Orleans, 58% in Atlanta. As you look at the number of, you know, this is one of the most violent years on record. And now this year is even higher than last year. 33% 33% increase now happening for 2021 shootings. Look at South Los Angeles, you know, 742% increase in shootings in the first two weeks of the year alone. Oakland homicides up 500% shootings up 126% through the early part of January of this year, New York up 42%. I mean, these are real people, real lives, and they're not getting the protection that they need. And you have, you know, I've, I've always highlighted how every two and four years, Democrats, they use the same playbook. Republicans are racist. Republicans are sexist. Republicans are misogynist. Republicans want dirty air and water. They're Islamophobic, xenophobic, homophobic, now transphobic. And they want to throw grandma in a wheelchair over a cliff and let her die. That's all a lie, too. By the way, remember, we heard so much about the Capitol Police officer, Brian Sicknick. Well, now we have found out that, in fact, all of the reports that he was killed during the insurrection 
What, what happened on January 6th shouldn't happen. What happened over the summer shouldn't happen. I've made my, my opinion well known on what I think from a martial arts student standpoint, the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy is one's neck. I've made, I was loud often and probably one of the first people to come out and cover that story. Anyway, the cop officer Sticknick apparently died of natural causes and strokes, not what was originally said, according to the D.C. medical examiner. And, um, you know, it's still tragic. It's still sad. He's still a young man. But it's not as the media reported it and those that like to politicize things. And people are politicizing pretty much everything these days. There's a story Break a couple of stories out of New York. One came from a, a parent of a, a high-end, expensive private school for kids in the Upper East Side of New York, the Breeley School, about, from a parent saying that he's taken his kids out of school because they've gotten so woke in what they're teaching their kids. You got a, a headline on the Daily Mail saying we're demonizing white people for being born with accompanying audio capturing the headmaster of this elite New York City school agreeing with the teacher who was banned from the classroom for speaking out about white shaming of students. The math teacher pulled from his classes at Grace Church School after criticizing the school's anti-racism policies released audio of an explosive phone call with the head of the school who made an astonishing admission quote, that we're demonizing white people for being born. I, I, I just think it's a lot easier and life is a lot easier if we look at it that we're all, I mean, you know, as a Christian, I believe that we're all created by one God. And that rights come from God, not from governments. And that God put and instills in every human being some talent, some ability. But if you want the right to pursue happiness, the first thing you need is law and order. Your city and town must be safe and secure that you can play in, in your grandmother's backyard like that little girl that was killed over the 4th of July weekend in Chicago. We give you the statistics on a regular basis. I've been scrolling the names of people shot and shot and killed in Chicago, you know, since Biden and Obama were in the White House. Names you've never heard of before. So far this year, there are 100 cops killed in the line of duty. With gunfire. I doubt anybody listening to this program can can name them unless they happen to be your family members. And we have Congresswoman Tlaib policing is built on structural racism. Abolish the police. Now, the squad has emerged as the most powerful influence in the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi scared to death of them. Biden's scared to death of them. If he even knows what day it is. Schumer's scared to death. AOC is going to run against against him he, he doesn't want to be at odds so they now set the the most radical agenda green new deal now from defunding the police into dismantling and abolishing the police these are unbelievable times we live in thanks to all of you making the show possible 800-941-SEAN you want to be a part of the program 24 minutes from right now we expect to uh, head to the courtroom and get the verdict out of Minneapolis in the Officer Chauvin case. That's the George Floyd case. Uh, it was, I think it's pretty much about 24 hours ago that the jury received instructions from the judge in the case 
and the judge also admonishing the public comments of, of Maxine Waters. Uh, here with us, we have our legal team. By the way, I want to give another heads up to stations along the Sean Hannity Show radio network uh, that we, we, we're going to be monitoring the bottom of the hour, make decisions um, at in the moment about whether we're taking breaks or not. So you may want to be a little bit on extra alert. Leo 2.0 Terrell, he's been following the case closely. Greg Jarrett. 1.0, uh, also following this case closely. The jury has, gentlemen, thank you for being back with us. The jury has three options in this case. The most severe guilty verdict would be second-degree murder, which would be based on the idea that Chauvin intentionally committed an assault which unintentionally caused Floyd's death, 40-year possible jail sentence, third-degree murder, uh, that's the depraved indifference standard to human life. The idea that the conduct was so dangerous it would be treated as an equivalent of murder. And then second-degree manslaughter. By the way, third-degree murder has a possible sentence of 25 years. Second-degree manslaughter would be that he acted with culpable negligence, which created an unreasonable risk of dying. Um, let's start with you, Leo 2.0 Terrell. Um the fact that this jury's back in 24 hours or less tells me this is, did not go well for the defense. I think you're 100% right. Let me add another fact. They didn't ask a single question to the judge. They didn't ask for any clarification. And I think Greg could tell you as well, in my 30 years of experience, usually when jurors go back there after they select a jury foreman, they may take an informal poll. And I think, you know, what I gather from the, the you know, the, the, the fact that they have a verdict is that there was a pretty good consensus among the jurors. And it took maybe 24 hours to get any stragglers to, to go along. So I agree with you 100%. It does not look good for the defendant officer other than the fact that he has a boatload of appeals. Your take, Greg Jarrett. Guilty, guilty, guilty. All three counts. Um, and, and I agree with Leo completely. And the fact that they asked no questions suggests to me that the, the deliberations probably began this way. Somebody said, does anybody here think this guy is not guilty? And there would have been no hands raised. And so I think they took uh, a sufficient amount of time to just review the evidence, the, the witnesses, you know, in a, in a normal case, you've got to decide whether witnesses are, are truthful. Here, the videotape is the eyewitness. The, these jurors, all 12 of them, became eyewitnesses transported back in time to that ter terrible day in which George uh, Floyd lost his life, and they watched the nine horrifying minutes uh, as he had the life literally squeezed out of him. And so I, I think part of the I, I think the tape was devastating, but also the police chief and, and other expert witnesses saying, no, putting your knee on somebody's neck is not part of police training. It is not a tactic that is used by police. Right. Um, I looked at that tape from a, as a student of martial arts from that vantage point and having trained now eight years that the neck is one of the most vulnerable parts of the human anatomy. George Floyd was no longer resisting arrest at that moment any use of force in my mind should have stopped uh they could have put him in leg restraints and if he wouldn't get in the back of the police car they could have brought in a van and put him in the back of the van there's not a thing he could have done 
Yeah, the chief said it. Uh, he said absolutely Derek Chauvin violated department policy, and he, he literally recited the policy, uh, which in a state's neck restraint should not be used against subjects who were passively resisting. I mean, obviously, the last three minutes of that nine-minute videotape, uh, George Floyd is is unconscious. He's motionless on the ground. Uh, at the very least, the neck restraint should have been released uh, during those three minutes. The fact that it wasn't uh, tells me that this was an intentional assault resulting in death, which is second-degree murder, and it's also depraved indifference, which is third-degree uh, murder, and it's manslaughter, uh, grossly reckless conduct. Uh, so... I would expect the jurors to come back guilty on all three counts. You know, it's it's there's a lot of issues that I think will come up. One of them is the judge's admonition, and I'll play it again uh, to Maxine Waters and how this might open the door for an appeal for the defense. Well, I'll give you that Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. Yeah, you can supplement the record with whatever media reports i'm aware of the media reports i'm aware that congressman waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of uh anything less than a murder conviction and talk about being confrontational but you can submit the press articles about that this goes back to what i've been saying from the beginning i wish elected officials would stop talking about this case especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch in our function. I think if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution to respect a co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent, but I don't think it has prejudiced us with additional uh, material that would prejudice this jury. They have been told not to watch the news. I trust they are following those instructions and that there is not in any way uh, a prejudice to the defendant beyond the articles that we're talking specifically about the facts of this case. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, your take, Leo. Well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, if well, by the way, let me, let me add that Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, Professor Dershowitz, said that that the judge, based on the comments of Maxine Waters, should have declared a mistrial. Well, you know what, Alan, you know, he's a Harvard uh, professor, but let me tell you right now, even with Maxine Waters' comments, there has to, there's two prompts, and I think like Greg to comment on it. First, a juror has to hear it, and a juror has to admit that he somehow took those comments into his deliberation. So there's a two-pronged issue. The comments by themselves do not trigger any appeal rights unless the jury's heard it and somehow they're affected by it. And I also want to say Greg is absolutely right on the charges that, you know, once Floyd had no pulse, once there was no resistance, that's when it became from necessary force to excessive force. You know, it's it's beyond any comprehension that I have. And I say this as a student of martial arts. He was he had his he was handcuffed. And, and OK, I've heard, I've heard people make the argument well, he was on fentanyl. He was on a powerful painkiller and methamphetamine. Okay, the toxicology showed that. He did have some pre-existing conditions. The question is, that day, would he have died right there from either the drug overdose 
or the pre-existing health condition were it not for the knee on his neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. Now, at the moment, there was, and let's assume for argument's sake that the resistance occurred before that he, did, he didn't want to get into the back of the squad car okay let, let's let's say let's that's let's say that's a given fact which there's some disagreement but for the sake of argument once he stopped once he began complying please sir i can't breathe and and he stopped resisting at that point he should have been either sat back up certainly turned the other way and as long as he's not resisting arrest, they could have then put leg cuffs on him, whatever you call them, shackles on him, or whatever they call them. And they could have then put him in a van if he wasn't unwilling to get into the back of a police car. Um, then you have the issue of the other officers that may end up, you know, getting found guilty in, in some capacity for not stopping it. And but the crowd yelling, you're killing this guy. Stop. And knowing the vulnerability, if, if I were to take the back of my hand and I, I practice these targeted strikes all the time and hit the lower part of your jaw into your carotid artery, I promise you, if, if I hit my target, you drop to your knees, Leo and Greg Jarrett, and you would you try to stand up and you fall down again. If I put either of you in, I'll use MMA terms, a rear naked choke, I can promise you that, you know, in under 15 seconds, easily. If I have it locked in, you guys will pass out in 15 seconds. Just hitting both sides of the carotid artery, not even talking about a throat choke. Go ahead, Greg. You take it first because I'm not arguing with Sean. I think that the uh, tactics should be updated. You take it first, Greg. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, and, you know, there, there were nine minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, and, you know, every second was a different opportunity to stop doing what Chauvin was doing and to save his life, to render uh, first aid, which is part of the department policy. When a person uh, shows any sign of unconsciousness uh, and, and no pulse, and one of the officers had checked and found no pulse, at that point in time, you have to stop whatever it is you're doing. You have to render medical assistance. And it was utter nonsense uh, for the defense to try to argue uh, that, that drugs killed George Floyd. Yes, he had a high level of fentanyl, but he also had a high metabolism uh, for, for fentanyl because of his consistent drug use. And as Dr. Martin Tobin testified to the jury, a healthy person subjected to what Mr. Floyd was subjected to would have died as a result. Uh, and, and remember, you don't have to prove that Chauvin's actions are the sole cause of death, only a substantial cause of death. And the videotape answers the question. All right, we'll give the last word to Leo. Uh, Leo, we'll have you back after the verdict is read, but right. I know you got to run into a TV hit. I'll give you the final word right. before we go to our break here. Well, I'll simply say this. I, I agree with my colleague, Greg. I agree with everything you just said. I think my biggest, biggest concern is the impact of the verdict today on this nation for the next 24 hours. Uh, you know, there's going to be people who are going to go out and commit crimes and riot. I hope there's peace and tranquility. I don't expect so because you got people who are profiteers. 
as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. We are now, what is scheduled to be three and a half minutes away from the reading of the verdict. We don't expect that it's going to happen exactly on time. Our plan is for stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network is to take our usual break at the half hour. But with but if this news begins to break, we will break right back in in the middle of the commercial. So you might want to be on standby for all of that. Um, But uh, that commercial break, we expect it'll be after 430 by the time they actually read the verdict. Um, Anyway, listen, you've heard me talking about my all new Raptor, the all new 2021 newly designed premium grade residential riding mower for my great friends at Hustler turf uh they've been doing lawnmowers now for since the 60s a family-run business generational business they make the single best long mowing equipment for professionals and homeowners alike than any other any other company out there i mean it this thing flies i, I took their a ride on their commercial mower man you can cut a football field literally in eight minutes including both end zones that's how great it is the comfort unparalleled it's built like nothing else it's built like a tank one piece 11 gauge steel frame a a huge comfortable wide operator platform that means more comfort than you've ever had on any lawnmower the best engines out there premium kawasaki engines they give you the big bite rear tires provides better traction it's kind of like going out and riding a motorbike for fun that's how fun it is it's uh, you you're gonna love it Anyway, it's time now for lawn mowing season. You want to get your order in now. Just compare. Go to your local dealer. Find your local dealer at hustlerturf.com and and go test drive one and compare it to any other mower on the market and you will see instantly and feel instantly a dramatic difference for the same price range as you'll get from Hustler Turf. Hustlerturf.com to find the dealer near you. All right. We expect the... uh, the verdict in the Officer Chauvin case, George Floyd case, any minute for stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network. Pay close attention. We are taking our bottom of the hour break with the assumption that it'll be read uh, after 435. If, in fact, they go earlier on time, doubtful, we will, we will break in and cover it live as it happens. We'll also get some of your calls in as well. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free number. Then we'll get our legal analysis straight ahead. Five till the top of the hour. Toll-free, our number is 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, as soon as the judge uh, enters the the courthouse and, of course, the jury renders its verdict, we'll bring it all to you live. It will be live. Uh, If you're just joining us, a verdict has been reached in the Officer Chauvin case. That's the George Floyd case. Uh, The jury can convict on one, two, or all three. You can see now, by the way, crowds are beginning to form. Uh, I believe this crowd in particular that I'm looking at, a very large crowd in, in Minnesota outside the courthouse, very large crowd. The jury has three separate options. They can... They can find guilt on all three charges or one of the charges. The one charge of second-degree murder, that has a possible jail sentence of 40 years. And that is the idea that Chauvin intentionally committed an assault which unintentionally caused George Floyd's death. Uh, Third-degree murder, which is the depraved indifference clause, legal clause, based on the idea that 
the conduct is so inherently dangerous that it will be treated as a as a, as if it was a murder case uh, and second degree manslaughter. By the way, this third degree murder charge has a possible sentence of up to 25 years and also second degree manslaughter, alleging that he acted with uh, negligence, which created an unreasonable risk that death may occur as a result. Um, Minneapolis, now the crowd has grown literally by the by the second here. You can just see it beginning to emerge. Um, what happens after this verdict, I guess, is anybody's guess. In light of what we've seen leading up to all of this, Maxine Waters comments that the judge excoriated her yesterday. She was defiant today in response to it all. Uh, now the jury also has the option of picking all three. Ami Horowitz joins us now. He has been on the ground in Minneapolis. He's on the ground there now. He's been doing uh, his own reporting. Uh, Ami, where are you and what's going on where you are? So I'm looking at the uh, courthouse as we speak, and there are probably thousands of people now. It's such a weird scene because if you go one block in any direction from the courthouse, the streets are empty. Not a single person on the street. You move over one block, and it is filled to the brim. So it's a, it's a really incredible scene, and you have literally every block. You have Humvees, armored personnel uh, vehicles of the National Guard. I mean, they are Johnny on the spot. They are ready for whatever the verdict is going to be. What is the presence of the National Guard? I know they've been called up earlier in the day. How many National Guard troops do we have, and other law enforcement agencies have also lent help to the city of Minneapolis. It's interesting. You don't really see much of any force, uh, even the Minneapolis Police Department, you don't really see them out in the street of force. What you do see is just the National Guard. Uh, can't tell you how many, but it's in the hundreds for sure, uh, if not the high hundreds. And they're mostly not just centered around downtown, although obviously that's the biggest presence, but they're strategically placed around the city, particularly around uh, police precincts. Because we've seen in the past, every time I've been at one of these riots, Sean, the epicenter is always a police precinct. They burn that down first. So they're kind of placed strategically around the city. Uh, and they're, they're ready, man. They are ready. Let me talk about, for example, the, the issues that have come up. Alan Dershowitz had stated that the judge should have declared a mistrial based on the comments of Maxine Waters. Uh, there was, the jury was not sequestered until last night, about 24 hours ago. Uh, I, I, the judge was very clear in saying that this might open the door for an appeal should this be a guilty verdict on any or all three of these charges. Yeah, Sean, anything outside of, based on what I've seen, and, and, I, and I, I got a pretty good feel for it, anything outside of uh, second-degree murder uh, and this thing explodes. Uh, anything else. Uh, certainly not uh, a, a manslaughter charge or, or a hung jury charge. Uh, they're ready to go. And um, What is what is this bus that is now pulling up that I see on TV? Can you see that bus that pulled up? No, I don't, I don't see that bus. Okay. I don't know, because the shot that Fox has, I believe, it looks like just a regular town bus or, you know, city bus that Maybe it's on normal traffic. I'm not really sure. Uh, well, look, there, here's the facts as we know it. It's been, it's been 24 hours since the jury went into deliberations. Almost 24 hours exactly. Uh, 
and they asked no questions of the judge, no clarification on the charges. You have nine and a half minutes of videotape that that I think speaks more loudly than anything that any witness might have said, maybe beyond the chief of police testifying that these are not the training practices um, that that officers are taught in in police training school. So I thought that was pretty devastating to the defense as well, on top of, you know, what I have said, my own observations. What if people on the ground, now you've been there for a number of days, and a lot of people have been speaking out to you. We don't really have time to play your clip right now, but I've listened to it, and it's pretty frightening, the belief system of so many uh, of the people that you've interviewed. We'll put it up on Hannity.com if people want to listen to it. Look, the, the, the truth is, and it's sad, but the people I've spoken to, the protesters, uh, the people who are gathered around, have no expectation that this is going to be a fair trial. Uh, they think this, the jury is, is, is fixed. They think that uh, this is going to be uh, an acquittal. And um, they are prepared for that. For that. Uh, they have zero faith in our judicial system. So the people that, the- you're, that you've been running into all week think there's going to be a full acquittal? Yeah, they do. They really do. Or or slap or slap on the wrist. The you know, odds they, of they that the odds of that happening with the jury out such a short zero. period of time, I would argue are very low. Leo Terrell agreed with me and as did Greg Jarrett. Usually when a jury comes back without asking any questions whatsoever the judge for clarification of what the actual law is or jury instructions, any specific questions about those, it, listen, you're dealing with twelve people here. Now, it's certainly not a hung jury. They have reached a verdict. There's a verdict in this case. Yep. I'd be shocked if it's not guilty, probably on all three counts, if I had to guess. Everybody here uh, at the courthouse are, is shocked how quickly this thing came down. Look, there, there's, uh, I think there's little doubt they have reached a conclusion, and it's hard to imagine the conclusion is, is nothing but guilty across the board, because otherwise they would debate as far into the night. They would try to convince the person uh, to go their way. So, uh, it, it, look, uh, you know, I'm, no, I'm not a legal expert, but I play one on the radio, and um, it's hard to imagine this thing because of the, the brevity of their deliberations and anything but, uh, but guilty, so. You know, it's pretty amazing. I've been doing this 33 years, and when juries come back this quickly, it usually is never good for the defense in this case. And what makes this case so unique is that really the jurors, in a way, got to be their own witnesses, and there was so much tape available from so many different angles, and you could hear so many people that were talking to the officers at the time and what they were saying, as well as hearing George Floyd, who was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, please, sir. And at that point, not resisting arrest, and he was already in handcuffs. At that particular point, my argument is training tells police at that moment, if he's not resisting all four stops, especially when they begin cooperating, they had apparently, let's, they claimed that they had a hard time getting him in the car, which led to that initial moment where the knee was on the neck, but the neck is the most sensitive part of the human anatomy. Um, all right, Ami Horowitz, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, check pleasure. in with us if you get any more information. Is there anybody there that wants to give their opinion about why they are at the courthouse oh, yeah. and what they expect? Anybody near you? 
there's a lot of people. Hey, hold on one second. Let me see if some. Uh, look, this is this is live. Uh, if I tell them who you are, you know, you know. Yeah, how maybe react. just don't I'm, say. Say I'm live on the radio. Would you like to talk to the host? All right, hold on one second. I'm live on the radio. Do you want to talk to uh, to our host here? My voice is the one that needs to be amplified here. Okay. But hey, I'm I'm live on the radio. Uh, okay. Sorry, I'm live on the radio. Do you want to tell my the host what uh, why you're here? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, we're pressed. Like, pressed. Uh, All right. Thank you. Well, that's like oh for four, Ami. You could do better than that. I have more confidence in your <laughs> negotiating ability than that. Give it another couple of tries. All right. Give me one second. I got something right here. Hold on. Ami Horowitz, outside of the the, live on the, radio the courtroom. Let's see what happens. Do it. You can do it. Um, why I'm here? Yeah. Um, I'm here because I spent all last summer marching, um, protesting, volunteering with my friends, and it's like we fought for this moment. So it just wouldn't feel right to not be here. By the way, person. what's this person's uh, name, no, Ami? Can can she hear me? What's your name? Prisca. Prisca. Yes. Put her on the phone. Let me talk to her. Okay, hold on. Hey, hey, Krista. Is it Krista? Is, is your name Is your name Krista? Krista, yes. Hey, Krista. So you're outside the courtroom. I hear there's a big, big crowd there. Um, yes. Do you have a feeling which way the verdict is going to go? Um. Well, I mean, any reasonable person would want that guilty verdict, but the way the system is set up, it doesn't always go the obvious direction. Okay, but the jury's back in less than 24 hours. That usually doesn't bode well for the defense, right? Correct. But like I said, you just never know. So how do you feel? How do you feel about the, a lot of the unrest that has taken place? For example, the, you know, we watched all summer, there were riots in many American cities where rocks and bottles and bricks and Molotov cocktails mm-hmm. were thrown at police officers. 3,000 cops were yeah. injured and hurt over the summer. Um, yeah. we, we've watched a lot of these confrontations. We watched police precincts burn to the ground. Uh, we watched city blocks being taken over by, by protesters. How do you feel about all of that? Um, at the end of the day... People did what they felt was right. You know, I'm not um, asking. Is, do you think? Do you think it's right to throw a brick, a bottle, a rock, a Molotov cocktail right at a police officer? Do. I think it's right for people to do whatever they want to do. I'm not. So that's so, it's okay. It, it's okay to throw bricks at at cops. You're okay with that? It's okay to throw whatever you want to throw. I'm not. I'm not going to speak for other people. I know. Well, what I'm I do, asking I when you do you think do. it's right that other people throw bricks and rocks and bottles at policemen? Like I said, sir, people can do whatever they want to do. I know they can do everything they want to do. Do you find my answer? My, my answer is still the same. You can ask it. A million okay, but ways, the point is, you looked at the George Floyd tape and you thought the police officer, you know, acted in the wrong way, and you speak out against that that moment that happened and i agree with you by the way i think the police yeah. officer did not handle it the right way but i'm asking I mean, you is it okay yeah, with you that people throw bricks and rocks and bottles and molotov cocktails at cops why don't you say that that's wrong too like i said sir everyone could do what they want to do they can do what they want um, why won't you condemn that behavior though why since when did i become the condemner of people 
Well, you condemned the officer in the George Floyd case, didn't you? Yeah, because I know, I know. So why don't you I'm condemn throwing rocks at cops? Why don't you for. Why don't you condemn you wrong right? behavior wherever you, it comes from? Okay, hold on, real question, real quick. So you just you just want someone to say it's wrong to throw that? No, I'm saying you, that you what what happened else, to George Floyd should never ever happen again. But I told you, sir. What I am saying is what happened to George Floyd can never happen again. But I'm yeah, also saying that throwing. Built does not mean it's guaranteed. This is one example, and if it goes the right way, that doesn't mean it's never going to happen again. What I'm saying to you okay, is, if you want to, if you want to condemn what happened to George Floyd, I I appreciate your outspokenness, but I find it odd that you have policemen that are they have a job to do every day. They got families to go home to too, and we already have a hundred cops this year have lost their lives in the line of duty. And they've been in gunfire shootouts. Do you not condemn people that kill cops either? That's a part of their job. You signed up to be a police officer. You signed up. They they didn't sign up to get shot on the street when they pull somebody over, did they? A police officer. Okay, but people didn't didn't don't. But you don't seem to have an ounce of compassion for good law enforcement officers that are willing to go into very dangerous situations to protect people like you. All right, here's another quote. Would you like to abolish the police completely? I think I think the whole police system needs to start over. Um, everything that's being taught, every the way that they're just going about I'm, it. I'm just, not. I, would you like to, to abolish the police, or if you're going to yeah, start yeah. it over, define starting it over. Define that for us. Define. I believe that it's just the way everyone's trained, the rules that go into it. I feel like. Okay, so you want more training? Background. That okay? More I could agree with you on that point. Um, they need to know more legal terms. I believe so. Just because I feel like that's, as a police officer, I feel like not a lot of people... Do you agree with the the idea of defunding the police? Yes. So you don't want, if you don't, if you don't fund it, then you don't have any cops. You're okay with that? I think, but I like, well, defunding doesn't always necessarily mean get completely rid of their funds. But But the point, all right, so let's say you're at home one night. God forbid this ever happens to you or anybody else. You're at home one night. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I don't call the police. Okay, so what are you what are you gonna do if God forbid somebody breaks into your home and wants to bring you and your family harm? What are you gonna do? If someone breaks into my home? That's right. Um, I know I'm not calling the police because that doesn't end well for someone like me. You better dump that part. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're still waiting for the Chauvin verdict for stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network. Many thanks to Ami Horowitz. Uh, he's outside the courthouse. We'll go back to him. Also, Leo Terrell will weigh in once we get the verdicts, as will Greg Jarrett. We'll get your calls, your reaction, all of this. We'll carry it live for stations along the Sean Hannity Show radio network. When this verdict begins to get, when they read it in the courtroom, we will bring it to you live, even if we stop right in the middle of this coming stop set. Stay with us. Breaking news now. Here's Sean Hannity. As we start the top of our news roundup information overload hour, the judge has now just entered the room. Let's go to the courtroom. Verdict has been reached. I understand you have a verdict.
Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1. Court file number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Second-degree murder, 40-year possible sentence. number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four-person, 019. Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 52, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Are these your verdicts, so say you one, so say you all? Yes. 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 Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy duty jury service. What I'm going to ask you to do now is to follow the deputy back into your usual room and I will join you in a few minutes to answer questions and to advise you further. So all rise for the jury. Officer Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three counts, second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Unanimous verdict, all 12 jurors. Derek Chauvin, the police officer in this case, showing little to no emotion at all. With the guilty verdicts returned, we're going to have uh, Blakely, you may file a... Uh, written argument as to Blakely factors within one week. The court will issue findings on the Blakely factors, the factual findings, one week after that. We'll order a PSI immediately returnable in four weeks. And we will also have a briefing on after you get the PSI six weeks from now and then eight weeks from now we will have sentencing. We'll get you the exact dates uh, in a scheduling order. Is there a motion on behalf of the state? Your Honor, the state would move to have the court uh, revoke the defendant's bail and remand him into custody uh, pending sentencing. Bail is revoked, bond is discharged, and the defendant is remanded to the custody of the Hennepin County Sheriff. Anything further? Oh, yeah. All right.
Thank you. There you have it. The judge now leaving the courtroom and Officer Derek Chauvin now is being handcuffed, remanded to prison and bail has been revoked. Leo 2.0 Terrell and uh, our own Greg Jarrett, our legal analyst team with us. Uh, I kind of predicted all of this. I, uh, I think both of you agreed as well that it would come down this way. Leo. Well, I'll tell you right now, I, I, I am honestly surprised that they came with a complete sweep of all the charges. You correctly pointed it out that it was uh, a second, third. I mean, you correctly pointed out the charges that the evidence was clear for there. I thought there might be a hung jury on some of these charges. Notwithstanding that, once the jury came back with this uh, deliberation without any questions to the judge, it was uh, a bad day for the defendant. Uh, look, my biggest concern is this, Sean. Uh, the, the, the legal system works, notwithstanding Maxine Water and Joe Biden. Uh, this officer does not represent uh, the 98% of good officers. Let's see if the left is happy with this, because our system works. A bad officer has been removed. He's in prison. To me, it's a good day for America. Your first reaction, and if either of you want to explain what the Blakely uh, findings will be about, please do. Greg Jarrett. Uh, I, I believe that uh, references local case law, um, and I suspect it has to do with aggravating factors, which the You're prosecution, correct. Which, which the prosecution will be seeking here. That, that this killing was especially uh, heinous, atrocious, and cruel. Uh, they may say there was a conspicuous lack of remorse. Uh, that versus mitigating factors, that he has no prior convictions of other crimes, uh, that he had, uh, you know, a, a record of service to the community as a police officer. Those are the things that uh, the judge will have to weigh. Um, and, you know, just because the top count carries a maximum of 40 years behind bars doesn't mean that Derek Chauvin will actually serve 40 years. Uh, he probably wouldn't even serve half. You have watched this trial from, from gavel to gavel every single day, and you've been writing columns on both your website and doing it on your podcast and foxnews.com, and you felt the entire time that the defense did not put on a good defense at all in the prosecution uh, starting with the nine minutes and 29 seconds, that their case was extraordinarily strong and powerful. Right. In my, my first column uh, on day one of the trial was entitled, The Recording of George Floyd's Death is Compelling Evidence of Guilt. It was the first day, and it was on, you know, the 14th day. Um, it, it's, it's futile sometimes to try to defend indefensible acts to justify uh, unjustifiable conduct. And that's what the defense uh, was faced with trying to do, and they just couldn't do it, because that videotape told the story of criminality. What does this likely mean for the other officers that, didn't, that weren't involved in putting their knee on George Floyd's neck but didn't do anything to stop it? Your thoughts, Leo Terrell. Uh, if I'm the other officers awaiting trial, I'll be trying to cop a plea deal immediately. If I'm the prosecution, I'd show them the uh, verdict that just been rendered, and I would uh, entertain a possible plea deal. Look, 
the big culprit has been convicted. And these other officers, uh, if they accept a plea deal, to me, that would be in the best interest of the people and these individual defendants. Just to give a clarification, the Blakely waiver law and legal definition is a waiver of certain sentencing guidelines by a criminal defendant during plea negotiations. It is a waiver of the right to trial on sentencing factors that may be used to increase or enhance the normal sentencing guidelines. In a, in a Blakely waiver, the defendant gives up the right to a, a, jury, a jury or court trial or, or any sentencing factors. Now, the issue of of what the judge excoriating Maxine Waters and even the judge acknowledging it could open up the possibility of a of a mistrial in this particular case and this verdict being thrown out, Greg Jarrett, I would assume the defense is going to try that. Well, yeah, but uh, as Leo has pointed out correctly, they they've got to find a juror who heard what Maxine Waters said, and these jurors have been sequestered during deliberations. They uh, have not been given television uh, sets to watch news on. Uh, So if they were abiding by their instructions from the judge, they would have no knowledge of what Maxine Waters did. Now, uh, you know, the defense would have to find a juror who did know it, and who could also say that it influenced his decision-making, that's the only way it would be appealable. Yeah. Leo? Oh, I agree. I mean, I think Greg, Greg said just what I talked about earlier. Look, the mere fact that Maxine Waters is out there trying to disrupt the jury pool, trying to poison it, it doesn't go into effect unless a juror has been basically influenced or heard the statement. And then there would be type of a, a, a evidentiary hearing before the judge. Right now, we don't know that. We don't know if it exists, but I'm sure the defense attorney is going to exhaust all possible appeals in this case, not only the potential jury tampering there, but the, the idea of sequestration and the idea of maybe that would have an effect on the jury. they got to get in contact. Well, with change of venue, sequestration, I think those are all issues that they'll try. It's not easily successful in, in past cases, as we all know, but occasionally you do get that very thing to happen. Um, anyway, Leo, I know you got a you got to run. Uh, we appreciate your analysis. Thanks for being with us. Uh, if you just uh, and we'll see you on TV tonight. If you're just joining us, the jury has found Officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all three charges: second degree murder with a possible jail sentence of 40 years, third degree murder, possible sentence of 25, and second degree manslaughter, possible sentence of up to 10 years in jail. Um, it's the the judge said eight weeks till sentencing. He did revoke bail and did remand remand Officer Chauvin to jail today. He was handcuffed on the way out. Um, I doubt that there'll be any bail in the interim, Greg Jarrett. Yeah, there won't be any bail. Uh, not uh, with a conviction on all three charges, especially uh, second degree uh, murder. Now there 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 won't be any bail. I would imagine and. You know, he'll find out his fate in eight weeks. And uh, frankly, given the videotape, which is heart-wrenching and and heartbreaking to see that this does qualify as an aggravating circumstances, it was uh, heinous, atrocious, and cruel, which is the definition of aggravating circumstances under the law. And so uh, I would expect that most judges would 
would throw the book at him. Um, and it does you know, not. I've, 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 tried, I've thought long and hard about this case. And, I, and you know where I stand on the deep state. As we, as we unpeeled every layer of that onion as part of our ensemble group, Craig, you know, I, I, I always made a distinction between the 99% and the 1% that abused power and that were corrupt. I believe that about cops today. Right. And it's just hard to imagine that anybody would go to work on any given day that chooses a profession like law enforcement. Most people I know in law enforcement, that, that is their calling in life. They want to serve and protect people. Right. That, that you know, the, the idea that Officer Chauvin, did he go to work that day saying, oh, I'm going to kill somebody. But with all of that said, with all of the crowd saying to him, stop, and hearing George Floyd saying the things he's saying, there were pictures today we'd never seen before that the, that the prosecutor brought up in closing arguments of the, the black and blue on his face from his head being smashed into the pavement and his shoulder, the, the, the bruising that took place there shows you the, the real magnitude of the force behind that knee on this guy's neck. Well, the prosecution said something very important during closing arguments, that it was the ego of Derek Chauvin that day uh, that combined with his actions to kill George Floyd. And you can see it on, on the videotape. Uh, and, and, you know, he is defiant in the face of the bystanders who were pleading with him to lift his knee off of the neck of, of George Floyd. that Floyd couldn't breathe. And, and Chauvin was ignoring the pleas uh, before he finally lost consciousness and died of, of George I, Floyd I was himself. surprised, knowing the vulnerability of the, the neck, the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. Um, yeah. uh, Greg, you've been great. You'll be joining us on TV tonight as well. We'll be following breaking news in Minneapolis and around the country, 9 Eastern on Fox, set your DVR. So just talking about this with my team, and we do have a a great track record of getting stories right. And one of the things I said, we don't rush to judgment on this program. We believe in due process. We believe in the presumption of innocence. But we, as I said in the beginning of this case, the videotape doesn't lie either. And it was such a long period of time. And I went into my explanation of, of what police training entails and the vulnerability of one's neck. It's the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. And the fact that George Floyd was handcuffed and the fact that he stopped, if he had been resisting, that that was a little bit in question. But putting that aside, once he stops resisting, you know, you have an obligation, all force at that moment stops. And if they needed to call in a van and, 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 you know, put his legs in whatever you call those leg handcuffs, the um, leg cuffs, I guess you call them, it would matter. There's a reason we get these stories right all the time because I saw this coming because the videotape was was so impactful and it was so against police training and it went on for so long and the guy was pleading and complying and the crowd was telling the officer, you're going to kill this guy. You know, why were we right in Ferguson? Everybody else was wrong because our sources on the ground were telling us. We have our own, we do our own investigative reporting. They said there are numerous African-American eyewitnesses that will back up the police officer's story. And the same thing in Ferguson. I said, no, you're not going to get a guilty verdict there. 
And the reason was our sources on the ground told us what had happened in the Freddie Gray case. It's why we were right about Duke lacrosse. I went and met the kids and the families, many of them. That's why we were right with UVA. That's why we were right in Cambridge. That's why we're going back in time, Richard Jewell. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program if you're just joining us. The verdict has been rendered in the case of Officer Derek Chauvin, guilty on all three charges, second-degree murder, third with a possible sentence of up to 40 years, third-degree murder, possible sentence up to 25 years, second-degree manslaughter, possible sentence up to 10 years, uh, our own Ami Horowitz, our friend, our documentarian friend, has been on the ground in Minneapolis uh, earlier, just before the verdict. He put me on the phone with one of the people standing outside the courtroom where thousands of people had gathered. Um, we didn't have a split screen, um, Ami, in terms of being able to see the crowd reaction. What was the reaction as it was read? Total jubilation, as you can imagine. Uh, as they read each of the counts, uh, a, 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 a total reaction of um, uh, joy and gratitude uh, was expressed from the crowd loudly. Uh, I think what's, you know, what's so interesting, remember I told you, Sean, that uh, you're not going to find a, even a protester who would uh, condemn the violence. And that was an example right there who you talked to. You, I, I heard you try to get her to, to, to condemn the violence. And she wouldn't do it. She, and, and, and not a single person here would. Uh, I think we've averted a... So you've interviewed how many people since you've been down on the ground now for a number of days in Minnesota? How many people have you talked to and what percentage of them won't condemn the violence, won't condemn violence against innocent police officers even? I probably spoke to 60, 65 people since I've been down here. And I didn't. And I always ask that same question. I literally did not find a single person who would condemn the violence. White, black, Hispanic. If they were a protester and they were at one of the rallies, they would not condemn the violence. And that's why I said there are two sides of the same coin. They are, the rioters and the protesters are inextricably connected. Um, the city dodged a bullet because they, you know, it's, you know, they're in front of the courthouse. And well, Leo the, Terrell was just on Fox, and he pointed out, you know, he he raised the question. He said, "Now will the will the crowd that had been gathering and been involved, some of them in in the violence, will they respect the verdict of the jury? The jury came back guilty on all three charges." Oh, they'll, they'll respect it if it was guilty, although the next thing that they said, by the way, the next thing they were chanting and that the, the people who with the, with the bullhorns were exhorting the crowd was to now push them to go and reverse all of the cases at the Hennepin Courthouse. They were now, they've now moved to the next level saying, let's start reversing all of the, of the guilty verdicts we've had over, over the years. That's their, they're not going to be satisfied. Uh, they're, they're happy that there was a guilty verdict, but they were pushing the crowd to get agitated about going, what's going on going forward. Right now you have uh, everybody's happy. You can, you can hear the horns being honked. All the streets are jam-packed with cars. People are yelling. They're screaming. Uh, they're handing out food. And right now it's, uh, it, it's the exact opposite of what would have happened if uh, they didn't came, come back with the uh, verdicts they expected or wanted. Is anybody near you that wants to go on the radio and probably follow the same routine? You don't learn your lesson, do you, Sean? No, I, I, no, well, I thought it was revealing. I mean, I kept asking. No, I said, okay, I'll, I'll admit that I think rioting is wrong. Uh, I didn't like how the officer, I thought he did, handled this the wrong way. 
I can't believe with the guy handcuffed and and not resisting uh, and saying, yes, sir, and I can't breathe, sir, and the crowd screaming at the cop that the cop didn't stop. And knowing that this is not police training at all, why he kept doing it. And, and even when George Floyd, you know, passed out, he kept doing it for minutes after. I mean, it's the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. Cops are taught that in the police academy. But yeah, yep. um, but is anyone there that would come on? Sure. Hold on. Hold on a second. Doctor on National Radio. National Radio. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey, what's your name? Oh, my name's Cootie Garley. How do you say your first name? K U D E E. Last name Garley. G A R L E Y. All right, Cootie Garley, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on the air with us. All right, how did you feel about the verdict? We're happy, man. We were worried because if it had went the other way, man, it would have been a lot of damage and danger and violence to communities. So we have to went the other way, you know. We pray for peace. We just want to move forward. This is We can't get too happy because this is only the beginning, you know. So we got to go back to the drawing board, stay focused, and just look forward to the future and bringing true equality to America. Let me ask you this. Now, we saw the case. There's now a guilty verdict, guilty on all three charges in the case of Officer Derek Chauvin. We saw what happened in the George Floyd case. Do you feel that, ju- do you feel justice was served here? We've come a long way since the civil rights movement, since Jim Crow, since slavery. Justice has been serving. It's, 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 it's 5150 in America right now. There's a power struggle in the military, but we have an upper hand. The children of the law prevail, so we're just happy that... The- the, the court ruled in our favor. And like I said, we got to go back to the drawing board and stay focused. Let's talk about some of the violence that has taken place in cities around America. Over the summer, for example, 3,000 cops were injured. We had dozens of people dying. We had a police precincts burned to the ground. We recently had an ICE uh, building that was burned out west. And we had uh, an, another law enforcement building, a union building that was, was set ablaze. Uh, you see cops pelted with rocks and bricks and bottles and Molotov cocktails. And and even worse, uh, 3,000 cops injured over the summer, as I said. My question to you is, what do you think of th- that behavior of people? Man, violence is never the answer. You know, that's one of my people I look up, really look up to is Dr. Martin Luther King. Man, that's how his perspective was on civil rights and during the civil rights movement. At the time when people wanted to be violent, he wanted to... Solve problems and bring about change through through peaceful means, and I'm all for peace. And police, all police, I, I've got police officers as friends. All when you when you see really those good. that don't follow, you know, this idea that that we we are we becoming a, a colorblind society, which is which should be our goal, which should be everybody's goal. But when you see people that do throw bricks, rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, engage with police or arson or taking over police precincts or city blocks. What is that? What do you think about the people involved in those actions? I don't. I don't look down on those people. That's frustration, you know. That's years you don't. And years yo, you don't look down on them for throwing a brick at a cop, an innocent cop, not a cop that did anything wrong. If you, if you compare throwing a brick at a cop, at a cop shooting somebody, I had a situation when I was. I'm, not, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about cops that are doing nothing but trying to maintain order in their city that they live in, that have done nothing wrong, and then bricks and bottles and rocks are thrown at them. You that's don't condemn right. that? That's not right. That's not right. All right, that's what answer, I thought. You know? Okay, no, that's a fair answer. Well, listen, we appreciate you taking time to be with us. You can give the phone back to Ami, and thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate thank it. Thank you, sir. God bless you, brother. You too, my friend. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN is our number. 
Uh, Ami, any more? Per- we'll talk to one more person. Anyone else there? Uh, yeah, hold on a second. Let me, uh, let me grab somebody else. Hold on. Okay, Ami Horowitz on the ground. He's in Minneapolis. He's with the crowd. He's been outside the courthouse all day waiting for the verdict to come in. If you're just joining us, Officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all three counts, second-degree murder, third-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter. And uh, Ami's been there all week and been talking to a lot of the people that have been out protesting. It'll be interesting to see. Leo Terrell raised the point on Fox News just moments ago. If people will respect the verdict. I got, oh, Sean, I got something right here for you. Okay, great. Hey, what's Hello? your name? What's your name? My name is Kevon. I'm sorry, say it again. What's your first name? Kevon Johnson. Hey, how you doing, sir? All right, let me ask you a question. What did you think of the verdict today? Well, I think I just actually got out here, and I'm not even from here, but I just like how everybody's coming together. Right. Well, let me ask you this. You know, there's been a lot of violence in the lead up to all of this. We saw all the rioting in the summer. We see cops pelted with rocks and bricks and bottles and Molotov cocktails. 3,000 were injured over the summer. We see, you know, police precincts and and other, other buildings burned to the ground and arson and looting. What do you think about those people that that throw those bricks and throw those rocks at cops that are just trying to maintain order? Not the cop in this case, obviously. I don't know. They probably got everything else which is going on. Just adding on to plus this is what's going on too. I guess those people just really fed up. Those people that are just had, you know, too much. You know, yeah. and I guess. It's, but do you do you like, for example, I'm sure you condemn Officer Derek Chauvin in this case, right? I can't take it place because I still go do my daily things as a man. What about the people? Would you, would you ever today. pick up a brick and throw a brick at an innocent cop? I couldn't hear you. I said, would you, as a person, would you ever pick up a brick or a bottle and throw it at a cop that's yeah, just doing his job no. trying to maintain order? No. When that does happen, what do you think of the people that do that? I think they're, I don't know. I can't, I, I don't have that type of mindset to even think like that even but, you, my but face, you've seen you've seen my, the videos of this hat we saw it all summer no, long I so you've been. you've seen videos of it yeah i have no idea what what those people are thinking right now yeah it's not good right it's not up. good for anybody i think they're just fed up but by what's going on okay people have you know when you press the the button of people for too long it is floyd like a boiling point you explode. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing at the moment. Yeah. Well, That's listen, I appreciate I believe, it's it's uh, Kevon, right? Is that your name? Yeah. All right. Thank you for taking time to be with us. And you can give the phone back to Ami, all right? Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Ami Horowitz, uh, thank you so much for giving us that uh, on-location report out of Minneapolis. We'll have full coverage tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern. Uh, Ami, I think, is going to be reporting from the scene for us tonight. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi to uh, Pat is in Boston. What's up, Pat? How are you? Sean, I think we all agree that there will be riots and destruction and murder by anti-whites despite this verdict, because that's what they were going to do anyway. Anti-whites have made it clear that the violence won't stop until law and order is destroyed and they're able to do whatever they want to you and your family as a consequence. 
Well, you, you, you saw the story today that came out, this, this recorded content of the character. You know, this, this school, for example, uh, where leaked audio captures a headmaster at this elite New York City school. It was on the da- DailyMail.com, capturing the headmaster agreeing with the teacher who was banned from the classroom for speaking out about, quote, white shaming. And there was another viral a letter from a parent to a very elite private school in the Upper East Side of New York and literally saying, you know, we're demonizing white people for being born. How about we just judge people by their character? And at what point are we going to have that message get out? And, you know, you, you, you see, for example, you know, every two, four years, why do I always point out the Democratic playbook, divide this country? Claim Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They want dirty air, dirty water, want grandma thrown over a cliff in a wheelchair. You know, if you believe in natural law, as I do, endowed by our creator, rights come from God. God has created every man, woman, and child, with the difference for human beings being that human beings have a propensity for either good or evil. Uh, let's say hello to David in Idaho. David. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Oh, good. Uh, I was just, just about the Derek Chauvin conviction, and I thought it was just a little steep, that's all. I mean, I'm not saying that he's fully innocent, but I thought it was a little quick to convict him of second and third degree murder. Okay, appreciate the call. Chris in Pennsylvania, hi. Hey, Sean. I was listening to uh, your conversation with a young lady before the verdict, and she was saying about uh, how she wouldn't call the police to help her if she were in trouble when you asked about someone invading her home. And I find it very disturbing that anyone would have that kind of psychosis to not want to call the police to help them. I mean... It's like the country has completely lost their minds and all sense of common sense. I mean, these well, I mean, you got the there. Democratic Party now. It's it's gone from defund the police now dismantle the police. You know, and right. then w- we see the corresponding. We we see the dramatic increases in murders in every big city that they've done this, including Minneapolis, right. New York, L.A. You know, you name it. Nationwide, right. it's up almost forty percent. Murders up forty percent. And speaking of, you know, they want to defund the police. If anything, they should fund them even more and get these officers more counseling, more avenues to vent their frustrations, their concerns, so that they're not carrying this stress around with them on the job so we can help them to avoid these kind of situations in the forward. You know, Listen, there, I, no I, tra- I train mixed martial arts an hour and a half a day, and I'm, I'm a student, and I, am, and I do this every day, and I still... I know what it would take for them to get up to speed where I am at this particular point in my training. They don't get enough training and they don't have the options. That that's the reason I've been pointing out the burner gun and these different non-lethal options that we need to provide the police so they don't just have one choice, one option, and that's a lethal option. Uh, but, you know, that was not the case here. And but uh, anyway, we'll be watching everything. Well, full coverage tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. You know, this whole defund effort and dismantle the police, that's not going to end well for this country. 
800-941-SHAWN is our number. All right, we'll have uh, full details on Hannity tonight. I promise, 9 Eastern. See you then back here tomorrow.